shaking hands with somebody yet why don't you just shake hands with somebody next to you wish them God's blessing amen what a gathering that'll be you may have your seats we're going to turn the service over to Alcatorn Virginia now Something keeps holding me. And I'm reminded of the footprints in the sand. When it feels like maybe I was all alone, he says, I was carrying you. Amen. Amen. Let's just stand at this time. Let's sing that song, How Great Is Our God, Splendor of the King. The splendor of the King, clothed in majesty. Let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, and trembles at his voice, who oh, trembles at his voice. How great is our God, oh sing with me how great. Our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. Oh, age to age He stands, and time is in His hand, beginning at the end, beginning at the end. Oh, the God in three.
Lighthouse Tabernacle. We're happy to be joined with you this weekend around God's revealed word in this hour. For many years now, we've been uh, having annual meetings at this time, and for many years, Brother Ron Spencer has been a part of these meetings, and truly we've seen God work through the gift over the years. We've been blessed, and as a result, Brother Ron has a special place in our hearts. And um, some years ago, we, we also invited Brother Andrew to come, his son, and we witnessed the gift in him, and as he ministered alongside his father, and we saw God working. It's important to see God, not just to where he was, but what he's doing. And so we believe God's working through Brother Andrew Spencer, and he's matured, and he's uh, ministering, and he came and ministered for our youth at a graduation one time. Last year was the first year that we could not have either one of them or Brother Ron uh, here in person. And so we moved to what the world gives us via technology and we did a video streaming. Well, it wasn't what we desired. Uh, it was a blessing last year, if you all remember that. Wasn't that a blessing? Amen. I believe that to be so. Amen. And so uh, this year again... We are going to do whatever opportunity we've been given. So we're going to be uh, gathering in person here and streaming together with the church that's gathered there. So we're going to take as much opportunity as we can to make much of this. And we believe the Holy Spirit will, will work for us. So today as we are going to be in expectation with you and uh, to hear the word, we, when you say amen, we're going to say amen. When you stand to your feet, we're going to stand to our feet. So whatever you're doing there, remember there's a group of believers that have the same Holy Spirit and they're going to do the same thing. So we want to just say we're, we're happy to be joined with you and uh, we're going to do our very best. So we welcome you this weekend and uh, we look forward to what the Lord will do. Uh, one more thing I do want to say is we know that over in the church there, you had a man of God that was beloved in your midst for many years, and he's gone on to be the Lord and be with the Lord. And that was Brother Ron's father-in-law, Sister Connie's father, Brother Homer Fraser. So we thank God for his life. We also have a man here who has done much for the kingdom of God, labored for many years, 
and um, we've asked him to give you a little greeting. He is sending this to you via his office, but we're going to just play that little clip for you, and this is from our pastor, Brother Harold Hildebrandt, for you. Brother Ron, Brother Andrew, we want to say we welcome you to our services. You're always part of our annual meetings, and we're looking forward to what the Lord's laid in your heart for us. God bless you. Amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this evening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe we're in for some special things this weekend. Amen. And we just want to say God bless you to each of you here this evening and to all those that are in Edmonton alike. We certainly count it a privilege and an honor to be a part of your, your annual meetings. And, and all of us as Full Gospel Lighthouse, we're very excited to be a part of this meeting. And maybe the brothers, sisters running the cameras can, can kind of show the crowd this evening. And uh, we'll have a little bit of a different crowd tonight and a little bit different crowd in the morning. And, and, um, but we're so thankful to be a part of this, part of this uh, weekend services. And just want to say God bless you, Brother Harold, and God bless you, Brother Ed, and Sister Leanne, and Sister Sandy. We just want to uh, say how much we love you with all of our heart. We have many friends there in Edmonton. And uh, many friends that we have not seen in quite some time due to the current crisis and the climate of the world that we're in. Uh, and we cannot wait for the time that we'll be able to be back together. And if not on this side, we'll join together on the other side of the rapture. And we as a, a body have garnered many things from the ministry there in Edmonton. Brother Harold Hildebrandt coming and speaking for us. And, then also coming and speaking for us during the time of my dad's recovery uh, 14 years ago and also coming with his brother Lynn that, that we so love and, and just as a joy to be around. Also Brother Ed Hammermeister coming and ministering for us and I know that all those that were here when Brother Ed came, you certainly remember well, on the topic that he spoke of and also all the other ministering brothers that are there as well, Brother Andrew Dodd and, and the other brothers, we just want to say God bless you and we also would like to take this time to thank End Time Message Tabernacle that we appreciate you as a congregation and all of your prayers that you have prayed and sent up over the course of this past year and a half according uh, or concerning this battle that we've been fighting here. It's not been an easy battle, but we're happy to report that we're winning and we're not showing the devil no mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're winning. We're on the winning side. We're just looking forward this weekend to for the Lord to do something special amongst us this weekend. And I know that we're not together in body. And if we were, this place would be triple packed. And uh, but we're we're not together in body. And we're praying that there's no hiccups on the on the streaming, on that side of things. But we're believing that the atmosphere that we feel here is set there. And we know one thing for sure, that the Holy Spirit that is here is also there and is ready to go to work, to bring a sure word of prophecy, to encourage us 
and bring us into an expected end. And we're just expecting the Lord to move amongst our midst this evening. Amen. Maybe we just sing that song I searched all over as we get ready to go to the Word this evening. Would you stand with us tonight? Amen. As Brother Ed said this evening, you know, when they when we say amen, they're saying amen. And maybe when you're not saying amen, they're saying amen. And so I just want to be conscious that there is a great host that was that is with us tonight. Climbed upon the highest mountain. I looked all around, couldn't find nobody. I went down into the deepest valley. I looked all around, couldn't find nobody. So I searched all over. before your great august presence just now and lord we understand that you hold all time space and eternity in your hands father you're in control of the airwaves father and lord jesus we are streaming lord with a, a great host of people there in edmonton just now and lord we are in a channel father Lord, I believe that you set this channel up before the foundation of the world. And I believe that you are here to prove and to vindicate that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, you're conscious of all the people's needs there in Edmonton. Lord, you see everything that they have gone through, every request that they have upon their heart. And I would ask that the Holy Spirit would come down through the tin can alleys of our lives. Lord, and I pray that you would answer the questions that we'd have on our heart tonight. I pray that you'd stir up our faith by the way of remembrance, Lord. And I pray that you'd bless, Lord, 
Lord, we're your children. We're needy and we desire to be fed from the hidden man of God. We love you and appreciate you, Father. We will extol and exalt your great name for all the great things that you're doing amongst us. So we bless the name of our Lord and Savior at this time. And the bride says, Amen. Amen. God bless you this evening. If you have your Bibles, we'd like to look over in the book of Isaiah, <clears throat> chapter 52. Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 1. Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 1. And this evening I'd like to speak to you on something that the Lord laid on my heart a, a couple months ago when, when, uh, when we, were, we were referring to these meetings and setting them up. I'd like to speak to you this evening on rising, rising from the ashes. Rising from the ashes. Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 1. And the Bible says, Awake, awake. Put on thy strength, O Zion, and put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city for henceforth there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake thyself from the dust, arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughters of Zion. For thus saith the Lord, ye have sold yourselves for naught, and ye shall be redeemed without money. For thus saith the Lord, God, my people went down aforetime into Egypt to sojourn there, and the Assyrian oppressed them without cause. Now therefore, what have I here, saith the Lord, that my people was taken away for naught? They that rule over them, make them to howl, saith the Lord, and my name continually every day is blasphemed. Therefore, my people... Are you his people this evening? Shall know my name. Therefore they shall know in that day that I am he that doth speak. Behold, it is I. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publish salvation, that saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. Thy watchmen shall lift up the voice, with the voice together shall they sing, for they shall see eye to eye, when the Lord shall bring again Zion. Verse 9, break forth into joy, sing together ye waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord hath comforted his people, he hath redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord hath made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. May God bless his word. You may be seated in the presence of the Most High God. Here we, we see, as we also are aware in, in Isaiah chapter 53, where the Bible tells us that whose report hath you believed? And, and who, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He in this day has shown and revealed his great arm of power. 
and shown it before the all the eyes of the nation. And to me, to begin to think about this evening as we take this topic on rising from the ashes, to begin to think about that that the God of heaven is in control and the God of heaven wants to be a part of each and every one of our intricate details of our lives. He he wants to go to work with us. He wants to he wants to be in business with us. He wants to be our banker. He wants to be our lawyer. And to think that tonight that you and I are so important to God and that that God knows our beginnings and he knows our endings. He knows our comings and he knows our goings and that our God is is the only God and he is so interested in each and every one of us and he and he cares for us and he has watched over us all the days and all of our nights when we are not awake he is awake when 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 we're sleeping he's not slumbering but he has told us that that he is the great I am and and that when Moses was requiring who would go and who shall I say has sent me you tell them that I am that I am has sent me and if you could realize that this evening that the God of heaven that controls all time, space, and eternity has your very life in his hands and that he knows your he knows your comings and he knows your goings. He, he knows which way that, that you're going forth and he knows what you're going to come of and what's going to come in your life and that this God is, is spinning everything in order just the way that, that things are meant to be and things that are supposed to be. He's spinning that thing and he's, and he's rolling worlds off of his fingertips and he's making things come out for the good to them that love God. He's spinning things this evening. He, he spun Jupiter off of his fingers. He, he spun Mars off of his finger. He, he, he spoke and it was. And, and this God knows how to spin and make you above and not beneath. And, and this, this we know that the God of heaven is, is, is for us this evening. And we could say like Paul has said that, that what shall we say to these things? That if the God of heaven, that the God that holds all these things in his hands. If, if we know that, what shall we say to these things? If, if we know that, that he is our redeemer, if he is our shepherd, if he is our buckler, if he is our sword, if he is our sustainer, if he is our everything, if he is our all in all, what shall we say to these things? That if the God of Almighty, the God of, of the I am, the God who is, the God who ain't changing, but if this God be for us, then, then who in the world can be against us? Cancer can can't stop us. Sickness can't hinder us. COVID couldn't stop us. They could mask us up and try to shut us up. But this God is watching over you. He who was, who is, and is to come has your very life in his hands. And the Bible tells us that we are written on the palms of his hands. And who is able to pluck us out of the hands of a mighty God? To think that tonight that this very God that is so interested in you is the one that spoke and there was. He said, let the there be and there was light. Now that doesn't show that the sun doesn't show up till the fourth day. God is the kind of God that he don't have to be invited to your party. He'll just show up to your party. I want you to know that the God that you're serving, he don't have to explain himself. He don't have to figure it out. He don't have to make you figure it out or reason it out in your own mind. He's already God. He always was God. He ain't changing. He knew the mess and the dilemma that you are in and the crisis and the chaos and he is the one that is coming riding on the zigzag lightning. He's riding to your situation. He's riding over your devil. And if the Lord, this Lord, that had not been on our side, then the enemy would have swallowed us up a long time ago. He'd have 
have shut us up. He'd have shut us down. The waters would have overwhelmed us. The proud waters had gone over our soul. But blessed be the Lord that is on my side who hath not given us over to the prey of the teeth of the enemy. This God is going to make sure that you come out. This God's going to make sure you're an overcomer. This God's going to make sure that you win. This God's going to make sure that you're going to have a baby. This God's going to make sure that you make the rapture. This God is a sure God and he's given you a sure word of prophecy and he is not changing because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the God who walks and he holds the seven stars in his hands to think that tonight that that God is in control of all things and to think that tonight that he was holding those seven messengers in his hands. Now to realize that this God has got this message in control. You ain't got to hold this message up. He's got it right in his hands. He's so in control of this message. He's so in control that he's going to make sure that you make it through Satan's Eden and you make it over into a rapture, into a perfect paradise, into a place that never knew no age, never knew no turmoil, never knew no things of sicknesses and all kinds of things. He's not walking away, but he's walking right in the midst of the golden candlesticks. This God, as Job would say in Job 23 and 10, he knoweth the way that I take, and when I will come forth, I will come forth as gold. This God's got you tonight. Look at your neighbor say, this God's got you. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. But you begin to look at the things that, that have happened to the children of God and you begin to think back about all, all that they go through and you look in Hebrews 11 and you can look through all the turmoil that they went through but they overcame by faith. And you look at what that's happened to the children of God and you begin to question in your mind. You begin to look at, hey, is God really for this kind of people? Is God really on their side when you see the trials that they're put under? When you look at the tests that they had to go through, when you look at the battles that they had to come up against and, and the circumstances that they've had to face, you would begin to question, is there a God that's on the side of these people? Are they just professing that there's a God for them? Are they just professing that the God of the messages is not dead and it didn't die in 1965? And you begin to question, well, is there really a God that is on their side? If there was no God on our side, we wouldn't be standing in the midst and in the hour that we're standing in. But because the Lord was on my side, I'd have been crushed and I'd have crumbled a long time ago. But because Jesus had me, he is the wheel in the middle of a wheel. He is the rock of our salvation. He is the rock in a weary dry, in a weary land. He is the God that feeds you. He's the God that feeds the sparrows. How much more does he got you? Oh, does he really get me? Does he really understand me? I want to tell you, he loves you. He cares for you, but do you care for him? Now, now we, we've heard this term to rise like a phoenix. 
and a phoenix is a, is a, is a Greek is a Greek is a Greek animal. But to there, you've heard that that terminology to rise like a phoenix. It means to rise from the ashes. It means to emerge from a catastrophe or chaos and coming out stronger, wiser, more powerful, with a deeper understanding. And you begin to look at the current climate of the things that we are under and the things that we are facing as a body of believers. And it's astonishing to see that this is the drama that God Almighty is holding in his hands. He's directing every step of this. He is controlling this great drama and there's nothing happening to you that he didn't know about. God ain't having no bad hair day. He's not shook up. He's not messed up. God is. So he can't change. So what he thought of you before the foundation of the world, he is bringing it to pass. But you begin to look at this great drama where here we are, the children of the Most High God. You are the most powerful people on the face of the earth. You have been given the greatest message that's ever been released on this earth. But yet we're troubled on every side. We receive battle after battle. You look at the attack that's on the ministry of the Son of Man in this day. You look at the attack of, of cancer on Brother Ron. You look at the attack of brain bleeds on, on the Pruitt family. You look at Brother Joel Forney that's that's in the hospital and, and, and the circumstances of strokes that has come by his way. But this is the hour of the overcomer. This is not the hour of pushovers, but this is the hour when a people that have been ordained by God. Brother Brandon would say that he bred this one to that one and this one to that one until he got exactly what he wanted. And he's looking for overcomers in this hour. And overcomers are those faithful and obedient Christians who not only talk about doing the will of God, but they actually do the will of God. If you could realize that you are ordained for this moment, can I say that you are born for this battle? You are born for such a time as this and there ain't nobody on earth that can take your place there ain't nobody that can take your place and even Jesus said to him that I that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne and in the message how can I overcome your prophet would say that the test is the greatest thing that ever happened to you Sweet Jesus, in the message of power of God, Brother Random said, He gives you a test. Oh, yeah. He gives you a test and then comes to you when you're in that test. Oh, hallelujah. You may have woke up and you are in an utter crisis, but he has come to you in your crisis. He has come to you in your chaos. Your family may have had a mess up this week, but he's coming to your family. Your family may have been strung out on drugs, but he's come to your family. Your children may be somewhere off in sin, but he's coming to your children. You didn't buy a plane ticket in vain to come to a meeting. God is coming to answer you, to speak to you directly. He is saying, I have seen what you're going through. I have seen the affliction of my children down there in Egypt, and I have come down to deliver. And then he comes to you when you're in the test. 
He said, oh, I like that, don't you? And he says, the greatest experiences of my life is when I come up against a mountain that I can't get over it, under it, or ground it, or around it, and just stand still, and God will move the thing back, and he will move. No matter how dark the cloud is, faith pierces it yonder with an eye that looks beyond anything that the devil can set before you, because God is our victory. So if you would know this that tonight, that, that your faith is piercing through the darkness of the clouds of chaos that have set up themselves about you. And if you could realize this, Justin, just to let your imagination loose just for a moment, as you begin to think about the trials that you've been through, that the enemy has set up all kinds of fires about you. He set up all kinds of trash cans about you. And he threw, he threw, a, he threw a lighter in there. And he he tried to create a burn barrel and he's tried to burn you with all kinds of things he's he's tried to he's tried to destroy you and burn you with with, with all kinds of circumstances that Laodicea has come against you he's tried to rob you of your family he's tried to rob you of your pastor he's tried to rob you of your health but the Bible tells me over in the book of Malachi and four that the righteous shall walk out upon the ashes of the wicked so if you can realize this tonight that this God that's got you he's not just telling you that you are predetermined to make it through Laodicea but you are predetermined over in the millennium to walk out upon the ashes of the one that tried to make you fall tried to rob you tried to steal from you tried to shut down your family tried to make you not a believer you will walk out upon the ashes ashes of the wicked that wicked one that transformed himself as an angel of light to try to tell you that he was the one that performed those acts. You will walk out upon the ashes of the wicked and we will come out like the three Hebrew children. They didn't have a smell of the smoke of the flames upon them, but they walked out upon the ashes with the Son of Man. But in the moments of crisis and your mind begins to get relaxed and you begin to forget about the things who God is. And you begin to think, has God, has God really lost control? Or is he letting some other agency or is he permitting some other agency to operate or to control these things? But Brother Burnham would say, he would say in the God of this evil age, he said that there are two opposing spirits that are at work in this day. He said one of them is the devil's spirit, his unclean spirit, and one is the great Holy Spirit of God. And there that opposing spirit is working in the way of deception. But here God's Holy Spirit is calling out a bride for Christ. He is doing it by vindicating his word, a promise to her for this age and showing that it is Christ. So if you could just get this in your picture or get this in your mind just now, if you would look over and you could see the opposing spirit or look over into the enemy's camp, you would look over there and Satan would think that he's got the upper hand on God's people. But I want to warn the devil. I would have warned the devil, you're not winning and you don't have the upper hand upon us. We won't be put up in a corner. 
sides and you got a better chance of the former President Trump becoming the Pope than you do got me switching sides and going over onto the devil's side. I'm not moving off of my inheritance. This is the Lord's doing. You may have been knocked down, but you ain't been knocked out. You are not defeated unless you begin to not get back up. You are not the defeated. You're the undefeated. You've been through some stuff, but every time we rise up a little bit higher. Turmoil's come, we just get stronger. COVID came and we just got stronger. Cancer came and we just got stronger. We rose up from the ashes of our despair and we begin to bless the name of the Most High God. testimony of a true witness he said what an opportunity that the church of the living God has to rise to its feet with a witness of the baptism of the Holy Ghost and to shake this world what an opportunity that you be given you thought that what you were going through was just a minor setback but I want to tell you it is a setup for the enemy for the enemy doesn't know what's coming and God is going to take you to something higher come up here a little higher come on up here you weren't born for the chicken barn you were born to be an eagle and people think that they're going to stop this move of God but Jesus said upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it you can say you're going to stop my pastor but you could better stop the sun and a whole lot quicker could you stop it than to stop what God has already ordained and set in order when he set the sun to hold in that position and the moon to stay in its position so that it holds back the waves of the ocean you can't move us off of our promises because we are protecting the rest of this world before the tribulation but when he begins to lift the moon and the moon begins to shine there you will watch the wrath of God poured out but until that time this world's going to live in peace this world's going to have prosper they're going to have success because the bride of Jesus Christ is still here How it must kill Satan. He must get so, so war, slap out. Because every time he thinks he's got a death blow on us, we rise back up. This ain't some whack-a-mole game that you play in the arcade. Well, you got, a great, you got a great big hammer in your head and you try to hit that thing every time it comes up. I want you to know it feels like he is working on your head, but you still keep getting back up. You're greater than some, you're greater than some game. You're greater than some mole. You are greater. You're greater than what's even seen in this building tonight. And if you could look past what is even being seen in this realm right now, there is a pillar of fire that's going to make sure.
sure that the enemy is defeated and you come out on the top. Are you with me? This is what Brother Branham said that this in this age is another Ephesians. What we're coming out of and we're going into. We have come out of every intellectual conception and we have come out of all their educational programs. But this is an exodus where we move out of Egypt right into the rapture of the bride of Jesus Christ. For this we are going to our future home with our future and heavenly bridegroom. What is it? God is making sure you're going to come out. He could have chose some other way to come, but he came the way of the unwanted. He came to those that were rejected by society, but he came to a little girl by the name of Mary because she was the elect of God. He could have chose something else. They could have came another way, but he took the lowest he took the lowest way. Brother Aram said in the paradox, he said a phoenix is something that can raise up out of nothing. And that's what God does. He takes nothing and raises up something out of it. And he says, my message this afternoon is titled for the next 30 or 45 minutes, a paradox. And to think that tonight, that you are the people that's rising out of something. That this God has taken what was nothing in the world. And the church of the living God is a true paradox. She's a complete paradox. It's, it's something that's hard to believe, but yet it's true. It's true. You may look upon your life and look past your family history and look down through the things that you come through. It's, it's unexplainable how you got here. And the enemy has whispered lies in your ears all of your life and telling you that you weren't good enough. Told you that you'd never live this message. That, you're, that your daddy just, your daddy wasn't no good so you won't be no good. But I want to tell you that the Lord our God that is on our side is here to prove that this devil is a liar. He's here to prove that, that everything that the enemy has stacked up against you is wrong. And you can line up your list that the enemy has whispered in your ears just this past week. You shouldn't be here. There's no way that you should have made it through that car accident. There's no way that, that you you be called the elect of the Most High God. There's no way. They're just another people. They're just another church with another spin on things. They 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 they're, they're, they're just they're not strong enough. They're just they're just another people. They're not they're not good enough. They're not qualified. They don't have enough education. But I beg to differ. My seed on the inside of me tells me different. They say I shouldn't be here. Maybe I shouldn't have been in their, in their categories or, or by their results. But by the work of the Lord, he says that we are his workmanship. Amen. And it's not a works that we should boast, but this is what he preplanned. You can look all over this building tonight, and I'm sure you can look all over Edmonton. There's a lot of people that should not be sitting in the building. You can't see him on the way by the way of the internet, but he's helping making this, he's helping making this progress or this sermon come to pass 
this evening. He's sitting behind a computer tonight. His name is Jeremy Diaz. There's no reasoning power that would make Jeremy Diaz sit in this building. You don't know the ashes that he had to walk out of as a family member to be sitting here. There was no family ties to this church. There was nobody that called him here, grew up away from us, but God that was rich in mercy had predetermined his destiny that he'd be sitting here. And one of the reasons why Edmonton can hear this service tonight is because there's a Jeremy Diaz sitting at Full Gospel Lighthouse. How many more names could we call tonight? How about Gabrielle Bordevon? She shouldn't be here. William Barlevon shouldn't be here. But God, that was rich in mercy. You shouldn't be here by the devil's thoughts, but God's thoughts that you are here before the foundation of the world. You're not just here. You're on the other side. things that was against me but against all odds I'm still standing Ron Spencer had a line of things against him but against all odds we're still standing what is it it's a transfer of power that which was in his mind is now in the body of Jesus Christ Brother Branham said, now I will transfer the words to your mouth to overcome the enemy. That is what has happened in this day. We have received a message of Malachi 4 that's restored our faith back to the faith of the Pentecostal fathers. It's a transfer of power. It's not something for Paul and for Peter. It's the church of the living God that will rise up out of the ashes of Laodicea. You shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be here. Esther, you shouldn't be here. Esther, there's no way you could rise to power like that. You shouldn't be here. Oh, really? Oh, really? What happened? It was a transfer of power. It was a transfer of power. You might have to dust yourself off from all the ashes. You done sat on that heap for a long time, but it's time to dust yourself off of it. You shouldn't be here. Oh, oh, but the Lord's on my side. There's a whole line of things in your DNA that tells me you should have been dead. You were unwanted. You were irrelevant. You were, you were not elect. By whose standards? Here this little girl by the name of Esther, which was an unknown Jewish girl. Her mother and her father done passed away. She was raised in the house of her cousin Mordecai. But there, because there was a denominational woman that would not come into the court of the king, there went out a decree, let Ahasuerus has a wife. Let him have a wife that'll come before him. And they sent out men, and they were looking for fair maidens and virgins of the land. And the Bible said in Esther chapter 2 that the king loved Esther more than any other woman. And he took the royal crown and he placed it upon her head that she would be the queen instead of Vashti. You shouldn't be here, but God's got a purpose in you being here. You thought you just showed up to this meeting out of some other way, but God has a purpose in you being here. Because 
you see, there is an enemy in the land that is raised up as an advisor to the king and he has swore out his threatenings that he would make all the Jews bow before him. But there was this some, as we would say in Virginia, there was some roughneck by the name of Mordecai that said, I will not bow before some false god or some adversary or some advisor. Are you with me? I'm not going to bow before him, but I will only bow before the true and living God. And here Mordecai wouldn't bow. And because Haman got so upset, he went in before the king and he plotted out to to eliminate all of the Jews that were in the land. You shouldn't be here, Esther. There's no way that you should be here. You're unwanted, you're unknown, your mother and your father's died. But Esther, this is your time. You shouldn't be here. That's what the devil said. But this is your time. You walked into this service because it's your time. It's your time to be healed. It's your time to be delivered of alcohol. It's your time to be delivered of lust and and the abuse of the enemy. It's your time. The enemy's time is over, but this is your time. I want you to know Haman had a death, a death warrant up on him, and he thought that he was living at the height of his kingdom, but he didn't realize in a few days he'd be hanging. You be careful who you hang out with. You could be hanging out with Haman. But here, because of Haman's plot to, to, to destroy, and he got he wanted revenge because Mordecai wouldn't bow before him. But Esther, you shouldn't be here. But you're here to save your people from the plot of Haman of being eliminated. How many times have I heard that throughout my life? You're going to be eliminated. You'll never be good enough. You, you, you're not strong enough. You're going, to be, you're going to be cast off the scene. You'll never be. You'll never be. But there Mordecai whispered through the answers or through the people that would get the message to Esther. Here Mordecai's whispering out these things. He says to Esther, he said, you have come to the mountain for such a time as this. And notice what he says in Esther 4 and 14. He said, if you all together holdest thy peace at this time, then there shall it be there and there an enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. So what is God saying to you that if you don't serve me, I'm going to raise somebody else up the wheel? If you don't get up out of your cold, formal ideologies and think you're just going to make it, I'm going to raise up somebody. I'm going to bring a deliverance because I want you to know, I want you to know we can't be destroyed. Are you with me? He'll bring in an enlargement and a deliverance and arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Here's a nobody. She's unwanted. Let me put it to you like this. Maybe you are Esther and you've got a family history when your mother and your father done passed away. You've been raised outside of the house and you said you never become the queen's wife. You shouldn't be in this position, but God ordained for you to be in this position so that you could rise up against the threats of the devil. 
There's a lot of people that walked away because they couldn't handle the threats of the devil. But there's a lady by the name of Esther that rose up in the scripture that would not allow the whispers of the enemy to stop her people from being the people of the Most High God. You are you are by their by their ways unchosen, unqualified, not elected. But here is a lady that shouldn't be here that was chosen to rise up and hang her enemy upon his own gallows. Now it's your time to turn the devil that's trying to turn you on your heels, turn the devil's plans that are against you, and turn them on him. I'm not going to pretend to begin to think that I understand everything that's going on in Edmonton. I'm not going to begin to think that I understand all the all, all the stipulations that you've been under as a church there. But I want you to know that the God that I'm serving that spends all these things is telling you to turn the devil's plans on him. What he meant for evil, God has used for his own good. You thought that you were just shut up or the enemy thought that you were just shut up in your homes. But you listened to more tapes than you ever listened to in all your life. You heard more preaching. You made more prayer time. You spoke in tongues for the very first time in your life because you had time with God. And you're not going to lose that relationship. It's time that you turn the devil's plans on him. It's time that we start telling cancer to get cancer and leave. It's time we start telling the devil, you manipulate your own cells. You're not going to have this body. You manipulate your own schemes. You're not going to have ours. You manipulate your own plans, but you're not going to have mine. You manipulate your own family. You're not going to have my family. You can try to destroy your own church and your own angels. You're not going to have God's angels. You deceived a third in the beginning, but here we are with two-thirds on our side. Get back, Satan. There's more for us than there is against us. It's time to turn it around. It's time to take and walk out. It's time to rise up. It's time to stop sitting there. That little boy, he wasn't, he was, he was unwanted. He was irrelevant. He was the eighth child. He was not seen. He smelled kind of funky. Smelled like a, smelled like an animal. Even looked like an animal. But here he was on the back side of the desert. Back there kind of weird. Sitting back there talking to God, making poems up. And started singing about something that he knew of. And he started saying, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. An unwanted boy, an irrelevant boy, the eighth child of Jesse was the one that God had chosen. It was too much for him when he heard when he heard the boast of a Philistine down there and he was to find the armies of the living God and he'd come into the camp and he was carrying some corn cakes over to his brothers and they thought, well, he'd just come down here to see the battle. Here he was carrying out the hidden manna that would get them over on the side of the Philistines and make them the winners. But they'd come down there and that threat fell on the ears of the wrong child, on the wrong kind of a man. He was ready. He was, he, he was a little, he was, he was a little cute. 
cute little boy to look at. He knew how to play music. He was unwanted by his brothers at this battle. How many times have you been unwanted in the battle, but you were the one that showed up? You were the one that showed up when nobody else showed up. When Saul, which would have been the man or should have been the man that took down this Goliath, he was back sitting in his tent because he was all afraid. You showed up. I want to tell the devil and put him on notice. There's David sitting all over the bride of Jesus Christ. And we have showed up to rise out upon the ashes of the Philistines. What did he do? He went down there and the prophet said he picked up J-E-S-U-S. And as Brother Wayne Lawson said, that's the best thing you can do in a fight is pick up Jesus. I got Jesus on my side. Who you got on your side? And here David goes down there and he takes Goliath's sword and he cuts off his own head. But you remember when David, when David was running from Saul some few chapters backwards, that you remember that he's running away from Saul and he didn't have time to grab a sword or to grab a spear, but he went up there to the priest's house and he said, is there any sword or is there any spear here? He said, the only sword that's here is the sword of Goliath. And David said, give it to me. There's none like it. What I'm saying to you is that what's the enemy built to destroy you, you are now taking it and destroying and cutting his head off. I'm telling you to turn the plans on the devil. I'm telling you that which was meant for your evil. You turn that around for the evil of the church. You turn that around against the church of Satan. And you say, give me that sword. You give me that cancer. You give me that threat. I'm going to take this sword and I'm going to bring such a deliverance that it will bring a victory to thousands of people around the world. I'm going to take this threat and I'm going to make it good. I'm going to take this sword and I'm going to bring back everything that the devil stole from me. I'm going to take this sword and bring my back my, my pastor. The ashes are the threats. The ashes are your pains. The ashes are what, what's made you who you are. The ashes is what the enemy has lied against you. But if you could look around, they're not hanging on to you. They're on the ground. And I'm telling you to rise up out of it. Rise up out of that complex. Rise up out of that stigma. Rise up out of the enemy's threats. It's up to you. It's up to you. You can point. Brother Random said you're always pointing at how wicked the world's getting, but you fail to see how powerful the church is getting at the same time. He said she's rising up. She's standing on the field. Oh, she's a little flock, but Brother God's with her. She's going to triumph just as certain as Christ rose from the dead. God's church shall never fail. The gates of hell shall not prevail. It showed they'd be against it, but they cannot prevail. The church is going to triumph through the blood of Jesus Christ to the victory march. I'm positive of this one thing. This is a prophet of God. He said I'm positive of this one thing that God will have a church that's without spot without blemish, without wrinkle or blemish and I'm so happy about that. Hallelujah. 
you can point at all the ashes that are around you. But I want to tell you, there's no challenge too great. There's no failure too bad. There's no enemy too strong. For we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. There is no dream too big. There is no hope too audacious. There is no task too impossible. For we can do all things through him who loved us. Uh, What am I telling you? What am I telling you? I'm telling you that you are the church of the most high God. And Satan is scared of you. Satan's scared of you and what he's trying to do is to keep you from your potentials and who you're meant to be. The ashes are what you're going to walk on. Now notice in the Pergamon church age, he said the members of the virgin bride will love him and they will have his potentials for he is their head and all power belongs to him. They are subject to him as the members of our bodies are subject to our heads. But notice the harmony of the Father and the Son. He said Jesus never did anything until it was first showed him by the Father. In John 5, 19, he said, This harmony is now to exist between the groom and his bride. He shows her his word of life. She receives it. She never doubts it. There nothing can harm her, not even death. For if the seed be planted, the water will raise it up again. And here is the secret of this. The word is in the bride as it was in Mary. The bride has the mind of Christ for she knows... She knows, she knows what he wants done with the word. She performs the command of the word in his name. For she has thus saith the Lord. She has thus saith the Lord. The Bible tells us that we are created in his image. That we carry and bear the image of the most high God. And here, here we know that the mind is the womb for the spirit. And the prophet would tell us that the angel told him that your thoughts are louder in heaven than your voice is here on earth. So whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things will be a good report to think on these things. There is power in your thoughts. And I want to put in your thoughts just now that you, as the bride of Jesus Christ, were given power to bind that serpent. He said, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He is running after your brother, but you've been given power to bind that mamba in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't you fear to go anywhere or to do anything for the never failing presence of the Lord Jesus Christ is with you wherever you go. This God that's holding you in the midst of your crisis is the God that has displayed himself right here in the midst of this generation like never before. We have seen him rise in power. We have seen him move in power and in demonstration. He's the God of this Bible and he's backed up every one of his words. We've seen that which which was hard cases for the doctors. We've seen him turn it around. Because we're not Paul and we're not Jesus, but he's still Jesus. 
but I'm still his bride. He's still God on the throne. You can try to lock us up in prison, but we're going to get out of it. You can try to feed us to the lions, but we're going we're gonna to shut up the mouth of the lions. You can try to kill us, but it won't come near us. You can try to stop us, but we'll keep going on. You, cry, you can try to shut us up, but we'll keep talking. We have seen this God transform lives. And I want you to know the day that hell got a visitor was the day they messed up. Because they thought they just had a prophet. They thought they had Daniel. They thought they had Joseph. They thought they had David. They thought they had Isaiah. They thought they had one of them. But hell got a visitor one time. That was too much for them to handle. And Jesus showed up. And he's made a way so that you can rise out. Rise up on the ashes. Hell got a visitor one day so that you and I never have to visit hell. He made a way when there was no way. Death canceled the contract of sin that was upon your life. Death canceled the contract. My teeny, my teeny who, who we all love so much, she passed away and on the first day of January 1st, 2017. And as I walked into the room, as Brother Ron, I believe he went through that last weekend. And, 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 and as I walked into the room of my, my dying grandmother, and there I seen something I never want to see again in my life. And doctors are doing anything they could to keep her on this earth. And we were there, and they allowed us to come and speak to her. And she said these words, I'm ready to go. It was the last time that I ever heard my Andy Drew, I, I love you. And, and she said, but she said, the doctor asked, are you ready? And she said, are you okay? She said, do you want to be revived? And those questions, she said, no, I'm ready to go. But, but sometime shortly after, as you know, you go through the death process, you have to take... You have to take all kinds of things. You have to, have to take a death certificate and go by the way and cancel all kinds of different things and move titles and, and properties around and different things. And, and we were moving different things as a family. We were moving things around. And, and my Uncle Mark was, was over top of, of canceling her, her, Verizon, her Verizon cell phone contract. And, and the person spoke to her and, said, and spoke to Brother Mark and said, now, now you're going to have to pay this thing. He said, well, she don't need this cell phone. Where she's at, she you don't need this cell phone. Well, you're going to have to pay this thing. And you got this much bill to pay so that you can cancel this thing. He said, I'll tell you what. You just go ahead and charge her all you want to because she won't be paying it. You see what happened? Death canceled the contract. The Bible said that he that is dead is freed from sin. Everything that the devil put on you, you have been freed of by the death of Jesus Christ. Death canceled the contract of sin upon your life and he transformed you by his power. He spoke storms out of your life. He spoke shalom over your, over your life and spoke peace. I've seen this God curse the enemy and the enemy be thwarted. I have seen him heal the lepers. I have seen him heal little babies that couldn't walk. I've seen him roll the leprosy of sin off of people. You are the church of the living God and what an opportunity that you've been given. You don't just have the Holy Spirit but you are anointed with a mighty angel anointing of Revelation chapter 10 and every word and every promise is in your mouth. 
it's a time that you go take the book and eat the book. You have become the book. Thou must prophesy to kings and to priests. Son of man, can these bones live again? Thou knowest. Start speaking. That what you want to see, rise up above it. You should have never been here. You should have never been here. But God was working everything out for your good. There was a boy by the name of Joseph. He, he, he rose up in the book of Genesis. And you see him rise up. And he was a very gifted man. He couldn't help who he was. But there he got a vision from the Lord. And he seen himself standing out in the field. And his brothers and his mother and his father bowing down before him. And it's because, because he told these things, the brothers thought that he was better than them. And so they cast him down into a pit. And told the father that he had died and been eaten and been destroyed by, by, by a wild beast and they took him and they sold him to the Egyptians and the Egyptians sold him to Potiphar and Potiphar seen the gift that was in Joseph's life and he watched him and he gave him liberty and he rose up and we know the story that before long that liberty was stole from him and there he was put into a prison all the while you're thinking I shouldn't be here I shouldn't be in this. I shouldn't be in this condition. I shouldn't be here. I, I, I don't deserve this. That vision's laying before you all the time. That, there, that, that, that there's going to be a throne that you're going to sit on. Down in prison. I believe Joseph could hold that vision before him. And he could say that I am going to sit on the throne. And I want to tell you that if you're sitting in the prison house of the enemy that he's trying to put you in, God's made a way for you to get out of that thing. You see, because what you don't look at, what you're looking at is walls, but there's something on the inside of you, Joseph, that you are the son of prosperity, and you're going to come out of that prison. You're going to make everything work right in that prison. You're going to tell dreams, and people, somebody's going to remember that you're down there. Oh, I'm so glad that somebody remembered me when I was down there in the prison house. They said, hey, there's a Joseph down there. He's got something that we need up here in this kingdom. He's got something that we need. Oh, church of the living God, I want to tell you, you got something that we need. We can't make this without you. We can't run this race without you, Edmonton. We need you, every single one of you. You got something that we need to get these brothers out. Here he is. Here he is. He rises. Because those potentials were laying on the inside of him. Those potentials are laying there. When they wasn't being seen by the world, your potentials couldn't be shown down there in the prison. But let it rise up. Let it rise up. Let it rise up. Let it rise up. I want to tell you. Don't you ever underestimate our young people. Hell messed up a long time ago when they, when they underestimated some young people. 
They underestimated Daniel. They underestimated. They underestimated the three Hebrew children. They underestimated David. But they come out on top. And I want to tell you, Church of the Living God, you might be elders in the church, but don't you ever underestimate the youth in our church. They are not the church of tomorrow. They are the church of today. And if they have not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is for them. And I believe that by the word of the Lord, that the Bible tells us that while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them. Don't you underestimate the power of this scurry, of this service. Don't you be discouraged in this moment. The Holy Ghost is here. And he's here giving you a walkway to rise out and walk upon the ashes of the wicked. Satan, be careful. Be careful. Church of the living God, do you know where you stand? You've been predestinated and Satan's been predestinated. There is a time of torment that is coming by his way. He's tried to stop us. He's tried to hinder us. But now in Christ Jesus, we who were of aliens and are sometimes far off. Hallelujah. You weren't even want it. You shouldn't even been in this meeting. You shouldn't be in this service. Your mom and daddy should have never brought you here. You shouldn't be here. But Joseph, keep that vision before you. Keep that vision before you. And if we can only keep that in our mind and according to the word of the Lord that in these last days he's going to have a church, he's going to have a people and these things that he's promised, he is going to do them. He's going to bring you out of this and he's going to make a way there when there seems to be no way. And I'm going to be like the psalmist said in Psalms 119 and 62 at midnight. I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. It's darkness upon the face of the earth, but it's a time that the church of the living God starts rising to give thanks because of his goodness. Shake the dust off of you. Shake the dust off of you. Shake your circumstances off of you. And arise. Shake it off. Shake off the dust. Shake off the dust. Shake off the dust. The Holy Spirit's here to shake off the dust. The angel of the Lord is in the room to shake off the dust. And he's telling you to arise and to sit down. When you see somebody shaking off the dust of their life, it is when that person is sitting. It's an expression and a depiction of somebody that is in mourning. Just like when Job was sitting there for seven days and seven nights. He'd been sitting there grieving and nobody would go and talk to him because his grief was that great. And Jerusalem is here called to arise and to shake out of your dust and indicating that your days of grief and mourning were ended and you are restored to your former beauty. Satan's been building all kinds of things about you. Getting, building a case against you. Building up all kinds of family histories and complexes and, and all kinds of nervousness and worry and doubt and, and stigmas and depression. But this meaning to rise 
And to sit down is not to sit back down in your same self-pity. And not to sit back down in your self-filth. And to sit back down in that complex. It's not to arise and to sit back down in your stigma and back in your sin. But it's to arise to a more elevated position and sit down in the seat of the overcomer. Oh, let God arise and let all of his enemies be scattered. Oh, I want to tell you, if you could take a look around at the chains that are around you, that which was upon you is upon the ground. What did he say? Loose thyself from thy bondage. Loose thyself. I can't loose you. The blood's already loosed you. If I could just tell you in your spirit right now, you are already loose, woman. Let go. Let go. Stop holding on to it. You're not the one going to make it. You're not the one's got to take it. Stop holding on and let loose. Let loose. Let loose. Loose yourself. Loose yourself. I'm not quoting you something. I'm telling you what your prophet said. He said, let your faith loose. The enemy ain't even got you. He don't even have you bound. He don't even have you in chains no more. It's your mind. It's your mind that's telling you you're still under that. It's your mind telling you'll never get over that. It's your mind that's telling your family history is is scarred up. Loose yourself. He's already let you go. Loose yourself. Loose yourself to this thinking. Loose yourself. Now I'm going to give you my last statements. The Bible says in Isaiah 52 and 9, break forth. Break forth. He's already told you you're loosed. I'm telling you that you're loosed. The Holy Spirit's here identifying that you're loosed. And he's telling you to break forth. Open that way that's closed off to you. That's what's been shut in your face. I'm telling you that the word of the Lord is saying, break forth into joy and sing together, ye waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord hath comforted his people. He hath redeemed Jerusalem. Oh, go to praising him. What is that sound? It's a breaking forth of joy. It's a breaking forth of joy and shaking off the dust and arising up and breaking forth. I'm telling you, it's a time to celebrate your deliverance. Esther, it's a time for you to rise up in a feast of Purim and write the name of Haman on the bottom of your feet as the accuser of the brethren and dance it off. This is your time to dance and to break forth. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me. He's anointing me. I'm going to give you beauty for your ashes. I'm going to give you oil for your 
anything. I'm going to give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Rise up from the ashes, church of the living God. Rise up. Dust yourself. You're not a part of Laodicea. You're a part of the most high God. And you're rising, rising, rising from the ashes. Oh, let the redeemed of the Lord rise up. This is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our eyes. Oh, you shouldn't be here. Brother Jonathan, you shouldn't be here. Brother Malachi, you shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be here, Brother Alden. Brother Vernon, you shouldn't be here. Ed Hammermeister, you shouldn't be there. Brother Harold Hildebrand, you should have been gone a long time ago. You shouldn't be here. What is it? It's a big burnover. And there's a bunch of stately pines that will not worship the Lord our God. But there is something coming up under the undergrowth. That wind, when it begin to move over those pines, they begin to groan and moan like a bunch of dead, cold, formal churches. But there was an undergrowth that had come up. What put that there? The heat put that The heat put that there. That seed can only come up when there's heat there. But because of the fire, there is an underbrush. Yes, they're green, but there's life on the inside of them. Rise up and move to the move of the spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. It's a time to dust yourself. You can put ashes on your head. You can just sit there in your self-pity. You can wallow in your crisis. You can wallow in your circumstances. But he's telling you to shake off the dust and to arise to the place that I destined you to. I always wondered, as the musicians come, I always wondered when those Jews over in the homeland, when they go there to the weeping wall, and you know, you know what I'm referring to. When they'd go there before the weeping wall, it's the last standing part of the wall of the original that Solomon built in that day. And they, they stand there and they, 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 they quote scriptures and they, and they write down their prayer requests and they, and they stand before that, that wailing wall and they start repeating those scriptures and repeating those prayers. And they're sitting there and they're rocking. If you watch them, they're sitting there rocking back and forth. They're rocking back and forth in front of that wall. And the concept, I always wondered, what, what was the point of them rocking back and forth? But the concept of them rocking is to do like the priests would do when he would spray the blood upon the sacrifice he would rock himself and so the worshiper is there before that weeping wall that wailing wall and they're working themselves back and forth because a sacrifice has been paid and they realize that they're walking and so they're rocking back and forth because they think and they realize that the God of heaven's moving and they've got to move as the God of heaven moves so they're rocking back Back and forth and they're saying those scriptures and we're rocking back and forth and saying we're more than cockroach. There's no weapon that's formed against us. What are we doing? We are moving as the God of heaven moves. And Brother Branham said that when God moves in the spirit his children move with him. <sighs> Hallelujah. What are you doing? I'm 
moving with a God that's moving. And one of these days, he's going to move me from this realm into that realm. This mortal's going to put on immortality, and this corruption's going to put on incorruption. Oh, I don't know what to think about that, Brother Andrew. Neither did the prophet one time. He thought, I didn't know what to think about that dancing. Dancing was just out in the world. He said, but I found out that the enemy came in and stole the real dance from the victory of the children of God. And dancing is a sign of victory. And I'm telling you that it's a time to rise up from your ashes. You may not know how to dance just like David danced, but just rock yourself back and forth to sleep in the move of the Holy Spirit. This is his doing. You're rising up out of it. You can't see your way past it. But he said, I'm for you. And if I'm for you, who can be against you? Hear of God, little children. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You just keep rocking because God is coming behind your dance with a victory prayer. And he's saying amen over your life. I'm moving to the beat of the sheep music. When the rest of the world is saying that the days of miracles are past. But the church of the living God is moving to the tune of the spirit. And they shout out amen. When the church says they ain't going to make it. You said you're going to make it. When the devil said you're not good enough. You know you are good enough. Because of the blood that's over you. Rise and shake yourself. Oh, it's time to move. If you could just look out, David. If you could just look out. You're waiting. You're waiting on something. I hear the sound of a going. I hear the sound of a going. And the angels are moving over the mulberry trees. Just now, your victory is right around your dance. Your victory is over top of those Philistines. Your victory is over top of your family troubles. You can't figure it out, but I'm going to tell you, you just keep moving. You just keep moving. Edmonton, you keep moving. You keep walking to the beat of the sheet music. This message is in his hands. He's got you. He's got you. All oh, just let yourself loose and break forth into joy and sing together the songs of praises under the Most High God. Give God praise. Brother Matthew. Oh, give him praise in the house of God. Give him praise. Give him praise, all you children. As I look out across the land, as I look out across the land, I see God's mighty hand, the bride of Christ, adorned in a wedding gown. Just like in the days of old, where they stood in a curry's bowl, and they turned that old world upside down. We're rising up. Church rising up, we're rising up, we're rising up. There's a new testament church rising up. Now the Bible plainly tells of how the Holy Ghost fell. Signs of wonders were done by the 
apostles' hands. Oh, demon spirits were cast out. In the jail they sing and shout. While surrounded by God's holy angel Church rising up, we're rising up, we're rising up. Oh, there's a new testament church rising up. Oh, well, if you think it's all long gone and the miracles are done, well, I have some good news to. church rising up out of the ashes we're rising up we come from the heat we know what it's like to go through that storm that heat that fire let the worshipers arise let's just worship our lord at this time amen
Father, I see that you are drawing a line in the sand. I want to be standing on your side, oh, holding your hand. So let your kingdom come. Let me live in me. This is my prayer. Oh, this is my plea. Drawing a line in the sand, I want to be standing on your side, holding your hand. So let your kingdom come, oh, let it live in me. This is my prayer. Well, this is my plea. Let the so right oh, let the sons and the daughters sing Oh yes well I surrender in my own Oh I surrender to the king let the worshipers arise of every nation oh are awakening to see and from our hearts there comes an anthem oh hear the heavens ring oh this is our song a song to our King let the worshiper oh just sing to him saints Sons and the daughters see surrendered all to him. Oh, I surrender in my own. Oh, I surrender to the king. Just worship him. Oh, let the worshipers arise. sons and the daughters sing, oh yes, oh, I surrender in my own, oh I surrender to the King, let's sing it again, let the worshipers arise, oh let the worshipers arise. The sun 
Promise. Oh, he never promised a victory 
This evening. 